The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. One of the things that's been a real learning curve for us is working out how do we actually send emails to people to get their attention and make them want to do business with us in some way, like be on our podcast or maybe promote our stuff as an affiliate. We've definitely done it the wrong way. I think we're starting to find the right way, but it's a challenging, tricky thing, right? It's really hard because no one likes to receive those outbound sort of inbound, hey, I'm annoying you out of the blue, you've never heard of me uh, things. Uh, those emails, it's absolutely awful. Yes, um, he has a favourite swear word. It's the word bollocks. It's hypnotist Robert Temple. And he recently found out that Bambi from the Disney cartoon is in fact a boy. It's the mind reader, Kennedy. Let's start the show. Robin Kennedy. I think it was the cute eyes, you know, just the big eyes. I thought, oh, it must be female. Eyelashes and things. Eyelashes and that, you know. I suppose the whole story is about him growing up to be a stag in the forest, though, so should have given it away a little bit. Did we discover that I like the word bollock? Just a singular bollock. A single word bollock, just one of them. Just one. The left or the right? Yes, indeed. Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The Email Marketing Heroes. Delighted to be back. Yes, we're back for another episode of the Email Marketing Show. It's really lovely to have you here. Our guest this week, Rob, James Carberry, as you know, massive, a bit of a fanboy. I probably have the t-shirt somewhere. And one of these three things is true about James. Is it, Bring it on. that he won a life-changing sweepstakes? Did he mm-hmm. swim in a mud pool with a hippo or did he shit himself while he was doing an Iron Man? It was one of those things. I think it was, I'm not even going to show my working out for this one. I think it was that he went swimming in a mud pool with a hippo (laughs) because that sounds like a cool life experience. (laughs) James, which one of those is true? Uh, I won a life-changing sweepstakes back in uh, oh, back in 2008. <laughs> and you thought, I know, I'll start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much how it went down. Oh, I love it. I love it. You thought, I've got all this money. I need to buy a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, it was it wasn't necessarily money, but we got it was me and nine friends. We got to take a private jet to New York City to watch a professional football game. Um, in a suite next to the owner of one of the teams that was playing. Uh, it oh, was, wow. uh, for, for folks listening here in the States, it was the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Wow. And and so uh, I ended up meeting a guy on that trip, the guy that was uh, organizing all the logistics. So the chartered the limo bus for us, he chartered the jet for for us and I connected with him over the course of that trip and he ended up uh, offering me a, a job to run the helicopter division of his business and move me across the country um, about two years later and then from there that's that's really that's I, you know, I met my wife because he moved me across the country I became an entrepreneur entrepreneur because I saw got to see what an entrepreneur in action looked like so um, so it didn't necessarily win a bunch of money but it was a, it was a life-changing experience for sure and a, and a relationship that changed my life. 
That's amazing. Have you noticed American football teams have much better names than like British football <laughs> soccer teams? Like we've got, you've got like the Dallas Cowboys and we've got Arsenal. <laughs> they're just like there's just no comparison is there? Arsenal's pretty legit though yeah but it's got it the word rubbish, arse in it? it though you wouldn't call you know the the, the New York arses I mean that's, that's... <laughs> so we are here to talk about um, one of the one of the things you guys do over there at Sweetfish is you you build podcasts for companies and for individuals. And a major part of having a podcast, as we know, is getting really good, high-quality guests. Yeah. And that can be a bloody uphill struggle sometimes, can't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and what's crazy is that when people, when most people think about getting guests for their show, they think about the Gary V's of the world. They think about Simon Sinek, or they, they think about these you know, Grant Cardone types, the, the really famous, like, Oh, can I get Tony Robbins on my podcast? And, and what, what we really bucked against is, uh, not chasing influencers. I, I actually think that the more strategic approach to getting guests for your podcasts is to get your ideal customers as guests on your show, particularly if you're a B2B company and the lifetime value of a customer is, you know, over about $25,000 for you, then it's worth building a relationship with a decision maker at a company. And I've just found that the best way to do that is by bringing them onto your podcast first, creating content with them, uh, really elevating them, making them look like a rock star. And through that relationship is where the business opportunity is going to come. But so many people, they just want to go straight for the throat and they just want to sell their thing uh, without building relationship. And, and you end up losing in the long term because of that. I love it. And I absolutely hear you. That's why we've got you on here, because we're going to pitch the shit out of you at the end. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the doors. Lock the doors. Sit down. No. OK, so we've got we do have to sort of identify the people and we have to. And because they're not influencers, there's usually not the usual sort of path to those people. Yeah. Like through influencers, we can go, oh, I've heard of Gary Vee, or I've heard of yeah. Grant Cardone, or I've heard of Robin yeah. Kennedy. Hey, um, <laughs> and I know how to get in touch with them because they're all over everything, or at least I can find yeah. out how to get. So we've got to be able to get in touch with these people. How the hell do we be even begin doing that, James? Yeah, so so for us, I mean, that's why I think it's, it's going to be such a fun conversation here, because for us, it's a combination of LinkedIn and email. I mean, we, we figure out who they are through, you know, tools like LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Even if you don't have Sales Navigator, it's pretty easy to, to go and, and look at, you know, who are, who are your top 100 accounts, your target accounts. So the companies that you're going after that, you know, man, if I landed this client, we could serve them exceptionally well. So you go to their LinkedIn Pro, uh, page, the company page, and you see who works there and you look for, maybe you sell a product into operations or into finance or like us, you're selling to the VP of marketing. You go and you look for the person that is, uh, that's going to be a fit for, uh, your show. And then you figure out their email. So there's data providers you can use that will, that will, we give you those emails. I'm sure you guys know all, you know, all, all about those tools. Um, but, uh, and then, and then you start sending one-to-one -one email, which is what we're going to be jamming on a lot today, I think. All right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So I think one of the, one of the mistakes a lot of people make with those emails is they'll try and they'll like, they'll like really oversell themselves. In the yes. Email. So I've got, so podcast. I've got nine podcasts. And probably yes. like, I mean, you see a lot. I, yeah. They, and, and we get, cause we get pitched all the time for, 
people trying to get their, you know, their clients, it's PR agencies trying to get their clients on our show or just, you know, people that want to be on our show. And, and man, like, and, and then we're also getting pitched, you know, people trying to sell software and different things like that. And the, the, I, I'm so glad you said that because it, it is my biggest pet peeve when somebody goes on for nine paragraphs, when they could have just sent me a one sentence email and actually could have gotten me to respond. But because I see that the email is nine par- I'm like, I don't know. Like you're clearly trying to pitch me something. I'm not interested out of my inbox. That's where we were definitely going wrong in the early days. Definitely. We've definitely made that mistake. Um, and I think we'll learn the lesson now. Okay, so we're talking about really short emails. But the thing is, if you're reaching out to somebody out of the blue, I understand that for us, like, there's a bit of that inferiority complex of, like, we've got this show and I see of you as you're really important or a really big potential client or whatever. But we've got this puny little show that I feel is inferior to that. And I feel like mm. I want to justify myself. how do you feel about the fact that they've never heard of us? So if I just send you an email that says, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, I've never heard of you. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question, man. And, and what I found is, uh, a lot of people feel that way. Like a lot of people feel like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy or that. Why would they want to be on my show? And, and, and the response to that is you just have to go like you play the numbers, you know, that, you know, if you're trying to get marketers on your show, we've done this enough to know that about 40% of them are going to say yes. And so four out of 10 are going to say yes. And six out of 10 are, are going to ignore you. And you just know the numbers and you just keep pressing and you keep going knowing that, Hey, it's not going to be a fit for everybody. And it's not going to hurt my feelings. If somebody tells me no, because I've got 40 more cold emails going out tomorrow. So I, I think that kind of mindset of, of not getting tripped up on the one single person that tells you no, because you know that a lot more are going to be behind that person saying yes. Um, so that's, that's one kind of mindset shift that I feel like I had to get to pretty early in the process, um, years ago when we first started doing this. Um, uh, but then the, the other thing is that the thing that makes somebody respond to an email is the intrigue. And so if you lay all your cards on the table in that first email, you don't want one, it's like just super obnoxious and annoying to get an email that's that long. And when you've never met somebody, but two, it, it doesn't leave any room for intrigue and it almost cripples the person on the other end of the email because they're like, Oh my God, you just shocked me with so much information. I've got to process this information to see if it's something I want to do. And then I've got to make a decision. Uh, and what ends up happening is that they just, they get 47 more emails in the next hour and you become a blip on their, you know, a blip on their radar and they're not thinking about you anymore. But if you send them a very short email, like I'm I'm talking, we don't like, if we're sending more than a three sentence email, we we're doing something wrong. So it's like, you know, Hey Kennedy saw your article in Forbes and would love to feature you on our podcast, B2B growth up for it. Question mark. That's literally the email. Now we've, we've got all the stats. We've, we've get over a hundred thousand downloads a month. We've had Gary V and Simon Sinek and all these people on our show, but we don't even say that in that initial email. We use that for like email two or three or four. So like one of the emails later in the sequence is when we mention that if we still haven't heard from someone, but those super short emails work because it causes intrigue and it makes somebody want to reply because they've got all these questions. Well, what's your show about? 
how, you know, how many downloads do you get? You're, you're invoking all these questions. And when they reply to ask those questions, that's when you've got them hooked because I, I can't remember where I saw the data, but it's like, if you can get somebody to reply to your email, the likelihood that they will end up responding further and end up engaging with you is so much higher than if they just ignore your email in the first place. So what it sounds like, actually, I never thought about this before, but if you take all of that guff and you put it in the first email and you send it all out, when you follow up because the guys didn't reply to the first email and you follow up with the second one, the third one, you've got nothing new to say. You're yes. now just going to say, just in case you didn't see my email, <laughs> all this shit again. And exactly. so that's really powerful. Whereas yeah. if you say that opening, like that three sentence email that you just mentioned, the hyper responsive people who are just going to jump and say yes or tell me more, they're now going to ask for that information, which you can copy and paste across and send to them. That's fine. Uh, yep. but, and, and that that's easy, but you haven't like taken the risk of pissing loads of people off. So yep. how many, how many emails do you kind of spread this process over? So let's imagine somebody doesn't reply. They don't reply. They don't reply. How many emails are you now going after before you kind of say, okay, that person's dropped off now. So we stop at three. We, so we do, we do the initial email and then we do another one, um, that says something like, you know, Hey, so-and-so, uh, you know, our, our show's been, I think, I think the second one is like our shows, you know, gets a hundred over a hundred thousand downloads a month. We've had Gary Vee and Simon Sinek. We think you'd be a fantastic guest as well. Any interest question mark done. Um, so it's still not the, very long. So it's, yeah, it's, still no, not, so still number not two very is long. Very much a social proof email, isn't it? Number yeah. one is purely intrigue. Second one, if we're yep. going to categorize these would be the social proof email download numbers, yep. other guests who will, they want to be sort of yep. puffing their chests up next to. Okay. Totally. And then the third one is the breakup email. So, Hey, wanted to circle back with you on this one last time. So you're, you're communicating to them. I'm not following up again. Um, I'm, I want to circle back with you one last time. Any, you know, any interest on being on our, any interest in being on our show. And, and that's really, I mean, the, the extent of the sequence, um, we found that a lot of people actually respond, um, uh, respond to the second one. And a lot of people respond to the third one. So I've, I've wondered like, man, should we stretch it out for nine emails? But I've also been on email cadences where it's like, it just doesn't stop. They just keep emailing and keep emailing and keep emailing. Um, and, and so it's, it, it comes across to me as kind of obnoxious just as a receiver of email. And so I've yeah. been hesitant to do more than three, but I'd be curious what you guys think around that. No, I think I think I think the three seems really legit, like what a human would do. So you're you're really emulating or just being a real life human. I mean, I know you'd use a piece of software to do that to do this, and we'll talk about the software stack that you that you use to do that. Um, just before we get onto that, and this is not really an email question, but it's a sort of just a business question, I suppose. And that is, what do you do with the people who reply no? Because what I would do, and I don't know if you guys do this or not, is I don't like to take no as just like, that's the end of that. And we're now, you're yeah. now dead to me. Carry on with your life. Yeah. I would, I would go back to that person. Cause you said, what's interesting is people who reply to you are much more likely to keep replying to you. So you're going to yep. use that. Do you use that and leverage it and say, I'm really sorry to hear you're not a fit for it. Do you know somebody who is, or that's a great idea that we, we, we don't do that necessarily, but what typically happens is we don't, we don't usually get a straight up no. I mean, occasionally we'll get somebody that's that thinks they're too big for their britches and they're like, oh, when you have more downloads, let me know. Um, and I'm 
just like, come on, man, like what, what shows are knocking on your door? But, uh, but they, but, but most of the time it's like, Oh, well, I have to get PR to approve it. Or, uh, it's not like a, it's not a direct, no, I'm not interested. It's a, uh, Hey, we're really heads down on this project right now planning, you know, not right now, obviously because of COVID stuff, but like we're planning this conference or we're doing, you know, we're doing something. Um, and, and so at that point we just, that's when it kind of kicks out of the sequence and we just set manual follow-ups to follow up based on what they said was happening right now. Cause the likelihood of them just remembering to come back and be like, Oh yeah, I wanted to be on that show. Sometimes that ha- it's, it's odd how much it happens like years later <laughs> when I'll get an email from somebody from like, and it's a reply to an email I sent to them in 2016 <laughs> and they're like, Hey, we're ready to be on that podcast. You asked us to be about, I was like, uh, okay. Like w- no, our buyer persona is different now. So, uh, it doesn't really, doesn't really make sense. But, um, anyway, so it's, it's crazy how that stuff works out, but that's how I usually think about it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I'm interested. These emails that you send out, do you find that they're best when they come from the name of the person who hosts the podcast? Or do you find that it works equally well if they come from like an agency or from an assistant's name or whatever? Yeah. So, um, we're, we're actually about to start running this through somebody on our team for our clients, um, where, uh, she's, she's been doing it for a while, but we're about to change up our process a little bit. So I've been like pretty deep in the weeds on mapping out what it's going to be. And so we're going because our clients don't want to do it and they don't necessarily want us to pretend to be them either. So, uh, I, I think my gut tells me that it would probably be more effective if the hosts actually did it, if it was coming from their email and they were sending the communication. But one thing that we're doing to try to overcome that, are you guys familiar with bomb bomb? Yeah, we love it. We also, yeah, yeah. we use Bonjoro actually as an alternative. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. So, so bomb bomb is a customer of ours. We're, we're great friends with, uh, with those guys. And Ethan Butte is one of the co-hosts of, um, he's their chief evangelist and he's one of the co-hosts on B2B growth too. So, uh, so we use, we're going to start using bomb bomb videos and Alexis on our team, who's our guest talent coordinator. Um, she is, she's going to be sending out the, the three part sequence and then anybody that responds with a yes, uh, she's going to send an initial like uh, initial bomb bomb video to, to get them like to, to just show her face and to be like, Hey, here are the topics I'm thinking about for this episode. But then for all the no's, she's also going to send a video and basically say, Hey, you know, didn't hear back from you, but one, to circle back one last time. Um, we really think you'd be a great fit to talk about, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the topic is. And by seeing that video and really humanizing the email in that way, we, I, my, my guess is that it is going to have a, you know, it's going to overcome what I think is a downside to not actually having the host reach out. Um, and that's really just, it's subjective. I think more than anything, when I get asked to be on a show and it's like their assistant or somebody, um, it's just like, it's just different. I, I find myself reacting to it differently than if 
the hosts reach out directly. And I can't exactly say why, um, because it's obviously way more efficient if, if, uh, you know, the, the hosts were probably running companies and they're, they're busy. I mean, if, if I'm looking at me, I'm like, I've got a million things that I've got to do every day. Uh, doing guest outreach doesn't tend to fall in my, in my top 10. Right. Uh, but, uh, so, so I get why it happens. I just know that I respond kind of negatively when somebody other than the host asks me, but I still say yes. So it's like to say I respond negatively, like I have kind of a bad feeling in my stomach, but I still end up saying yes, because being on a podcast is a great opportunity. I think one of the reasons might be is because being asked to be on something really appeals to our psychological need for significance as humans. Whereas if somebody outsourced their ability to give me significance, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's like a backhanded compliment kind of like Mm -hmm. kind of thing is how it feels. I think it's an amazing, amazing strategy. Uh, Let's go into this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. It's the subject line of the week. So what have you got for us, James? Podcast interview question mark. Boom. Simple. Uh, And this is obviously the one you use on the first email, is it? Yep. We use it on the first email and then it's just, uh, the, the reply thread whenever we're, whenever we're replying to that. Um, I, and I think, I don't know, I've heard people talk about using that R E colon in front of the subject line as like a shady tactic. But to me, if you're reply, if, if you're like, if you're following up, um, it, to me, it makes sense to see the little RE for regarding or reply or whatever it stands for. I don't know, but, um, but to me, it makes sense. So we use the RE on the second and third email, but not the first one. Love it. That's cool. with this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. James, dude, this has been awesome. Now for people listening to this, who want to go and find out more about everything that you guys are doing. What's the best place? Tell us where to go. Yeah. So sweetfishmedia.com is the company we're producing, I think something like 70 to 80 podcasts for different B2B brands in a lot of different spaces. So whether you're in manufacturing, whether you're in HR operations, uh, marketing or sales, um, we've probably got a show, either one of our shows or one of our client shows that you'd get a lot of value from. So you can go to sweetfishmedia.com and then I'm super active on LinkedIn. So uh, my last name is C-A-R-B-A-R-Y. So just search James Carberry on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with you there uh and then my email is james at sweetfishmedia.com so would uh would be super pumped to connect with with anybody and everybody listening absolutely adore Amazing. in fact we'll put all the links to all of that all your details and the website of course in the show notes for the show notes for this episode easy for me to say where are the show notes for this episode rob just head over to the email marketing show.com forward slash sweetfish sweetfish there you go has anyone ever put sugar on fish don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever put sugar on fish. And with that, that's a topic for another episode. I, yeah, it's, we should probably do it in an annual retreat or something. That'd be a fun exercise. <laughs> you should definitely do that. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit and you smash the subscribe button so you don't miss out on another episode of the Email Marketing Show. And we'll see you next week. The Email Marketing Show. The great thing about those really short emails is they take less time to write as well. Marketing.